The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Authentically You, social interaction for the mind and soul. You're listening to Society Bites Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Himmer, along with my bride, Sherry. And for the next 25 minutes, we're going to talk about healing and growth from the inside out. Remember, you're 100% responsible for your happiness, joy, and well-being. Today, Sherry, we're going to be talking about something we've wanted to for, for a long time, and it's kind of um, the impetus behind how I even wrote the book. The book, uh, Listen and Lead. Listen and Lead, right. Yes. And so this is mm-hmm. kind of the, the genesis behind it. We were originally going to call it a couple of interesting things, but um, we talked about the question. The question is not really something that someone would say. Um, but if you'd be good enough to read the question and then explain the context behind that. Yeah, well, well a lot of people that are kind of getting a a reverb in their relationships or their conversations could come to the point of being able to formulate the question of how do I talk to people without feeling self-conscious? And that self-conscious reflection is coming because something's not going quite right in their conversation. What am I doing wrong? Right. And they, and they're sensing that, wait, I'm getting this negative feedback, this interference just in regular conversations. Or the, another one that I see or a lot of times is, frankly, um, so my son won't talk to me. Right. My wife shuts me down. Or I can't stand talking to my husband. But, or, they, but they start to notice that even in just light social situations where they're eager to have a conversation, but they can tell people really aren't engaged. Coworkers. Right. Coworkers won't let them into, into their network, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Information is constantly being withheld from them. Uh, they're kind of given the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm. They're not invited to go out. It's a common thing because, frankly, we're hardwired to connect. And that connecting part drives us through our entire lives. If we don't get it satisfied early on, we'll, it'll become somewhat of a, um, an addictive behavior. It will come out as maladaptive because we're constantly striving for the three A's. And those three A's summed up uh, are affection, affirmation, and approval. In other words, the affirmation is that I'm seen by somebody. Right. And you went back to that developmental stage that really begins back at age about 10 to 14. That's right. 
everybody goes through this process as they're, they're growing up as a child. And then about age 10, they're wondering, how does the world see me? Who am I? And do I have an, an effect on the world? And so kids will often <clears throat> become very verbally verbose. They talk a mile a minute. Um, they want to share a lot. And they're looking for um, how much am I mattering in the mm-hmm. world? And as they continue to yeah. And as they continue through that, they get into the teen years and the tween years. And if that's not being reflected back positively to them, they're not getting valuable affirmation in a relationship where there's trust, then they will start to turn off the world or seek it in places where there is no trust. And they mm. can end up in some of those social rabbit holes that will not feed them positively. So it is a developmental process. But then we come into adults who are kind of still out there. And they're still doing it. Throwing themselves out there. Ah, do I matter? Do I matter? Do I matter? And then they come back with, why don't I have successful relationships? Why do I feel so self-conscious when I step away from a conversation? And this is applicable at work as much as at home. We bring it to the home a lot for the following reasons. I've never been in a corporate training that I can remember where within a, a maybe 60 to 90 minutes, somebody doesn't ask, does this apply to home? It's more rhetorical, but they realize that everything that I'm learning right now here is applicable in my relationships that matter more to me than they do here in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my aha, my awareness came from that that awareness that the things I'm learning at work, I would never do at home. I would never do with you and or the children. Meaning things that you were taught to be more persuasive and manipulative to force an end result. Well, it was more like being brainwashed by the corporate mindset, Mm -hmm. you know, do it this way. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted us to sell their product or they wanted us to push their agenda. If I was a manager, they want me to push the agenda to my direct reports. The problem that we're having, and this is going back to the 50s and McGregor's Theory X and Theory Y, is that this is all fear-based. This is all designed to be controlling. And the only reason anyone would want to be controlling is because they fear that they themselves aren't in a good position. And so they overcompensate mm-hmm. it in a way that pushes other people away. Yeah. And if you're writing the check, then you have a bit of a bully pulpit, right? Right. But it doesn't mean it's going to work. It ends up coming back to you. We have all these memes and uh, YouTube things on karma, instant karma. But sometimes with a corporation, it's delayed karma. Right. And because the corporate world hands out the paycheck, they get away with it and they continue to get away with it. But then that transfers into parenting and the parent that has fears will be more controlling in their parental relationship and they will leverage their parental power as a means to compensate for what they're fearing. So how do you, then how do you get to the point you can start effectively communicating or not feeling self-conscious or in effect, how do you stop colluding with people? How do you stop mm-hmm. pushing them away? Cause you're truly not getting what you want. So first of all, stop doing what you're doing. The problem that we've got is they don't know what they're doing. Most of the time when I'm talking to people, they're unaware of what it is they're doing. So I'm going to give you a don't, first of all. Okay. And that's stop or discontinue the practice of trying to be heard. So when someone's getting that pushback, they're probably trying too hard at being heard. And yes, a, a person's voice matters and it's it's um, 
integrated to part of their self-worth, but this over um, energetic charge at trying to be heard can really give pushback because if you're trying to be heard, then you're not doing any listening. There's no listening, right. right. And so this goes back to rules of engagement. So it's a total change of focus. That's right. You've so got to shift the focus. When, when you try to be heard, um, well, Bruce Lee said it best. Bruce Lee said, wise men don't need to prove their point. Men who need to prove their point aren't wise. The brilliance of anybody, in my experience, and this is where I saw it written somewhere, and then I realized that this is exactly what I've been feeling my whole life, but this person put it into words, is intelligence, greatness, wisdom never comes in the answer, always comes in the question. So if you want to be an effective leader, starting there, if you want to be an effective spouse, friend, um, parent, maybe switch the mindset from trying to be heard, from trying to give out your wisdom or trying to be right, move it into an understanding position. You change the dynamics of the space in which you reside. So let me go back a step and explain how I first realized this. So when I was 10, and I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating. When I was 10, I lost my father in the war. And in that moment, oh, the whole world changed around me. Of course, I couldn't tell you this was happening then. But as I look back at it repeatedly since that time, I realized that everybody that I ran into socially, and this would mostly be in my, my church organization, but it would also have been family, um, had an opinion of how I should behave. Now, not a single soul that I remember ever asked me, how are you doing? I'm 10 years old. My uncle just told me that I'm the father of the home. Now, unbeknownst to me, it changed my entire course. Because you view. were the oldest. I'm the eldest of five of us at the time. And so all of a sudden, my responsibilities changed. I could just be a 10-year-old. I mean, I remember getting up in the mornings before my dad was went off to war. And I remember having food fights with my dad. I remember throwing things at each other. I remember teasing each other, running out to the, um, the bus stop. And dad just jovial with us. Now, that's a short memory. I don't have many of those memories because I didn't have him very long. But that never happened again once that day So came. prior to your dad's death, you were able to play as a child be and a, have an adult child. that would play with you. And then as soon as he was gone, there was an expectation you could no longer be playful. Yeah, remember the age 10 to 14 scenario that you alluded to a few mm -hmm. minutes ago? I never got to, to do that. I didn't get to, from my understanding, you know, I didn't get to go and find out if the world knew who I was. The world was very diligent in telling me who I wasn't, and I wasn't able to be a child. Or who you had to be. And yeah. that they were good at telling me who I had to be. And so this is where my okay. takeaway was. I realized I was getting shitted on. I was being told what to do. But no one reached out just to say, how are you doing today? And that's where I developed this idea of the TED and the teen. So um, they're kind of, they're not acronyms, they're just shortcuts, short nicknames for two kinds of people. So if I'm talking to you right now, and I'm asking you lots of questions, I'm trying to find out about you, I'm trying to learn, trying to understand, trying to listen, I'm a TED, I'm interested in you. But the antithesis of a TED, and there are more of these than not, is a teen, someone who's interesting. And they're telling you about themselves. Right. And so go back to that initial question of why you feel self-conscious. It's probably because you've maybe teamed out too much. 
and you're letting out too much of yourself without first being interested in others. A ting is insatiable. Just think about it. The more you talk, the more you feel like you have to talk because you might not get heard. Right. So you have to reemphasize it. And then you start looping. You'll say it the same way over and over again. Um, I've had, this is challenging for people, but when they, when they're really hurting, they tend to loop. And so in a looping process, one of the rules of engagement I have in my office is on the third loop, I mention it. I just simply say that that was number three, because we talk about looping up front. I said, now you recognize your looping. Is that your intent? Versus processing something. Yeah. Um, looping is now reinforcing the negative effects of an experience. Yeah, we, we found that venting and looping are actually addictive type mm. behaviors. You're actually not getting it processed because you're saying the same thing over and over again, except you're elevating the, the gravity of the situation. You will start adding things that aren't true in order to get the same type of a, um, a drug hit from the inside out. So in a sense, looping is this victim version of being a teen because you're throwing it out there that I got to get some affirmation right. from somebody that how horrible this experience was for me or my trauma or my bad, you know, yeah. like it, it now becomes in a sense, attention getting. That's exactly what it is. So I want to review it real quick because sometimes mm -hmm. we go pretty quick on yeah. this one. Number one, if you want to be able to connect with people in any facet of life at any role in life, discontinue the practice of being heard and start developing the practice of listening, simply asking questions. Yeah, I like the idea of changing the focus from do I matter to these people to what about them matters to me. Matters to me. Well said. And, and that, you know, develop that curiosity about people. Be naturally curious and, and f nourish your curiosity about okay. people. Let me put this on you. I get asked the following questions. They'll go, hey, Dr. Hemmer, but I don't care. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know about them. Mostly it's someone specific. But what scares me is when it's not. But I just don't care about anybody. Yeah. I don't want to know. What would you say to someone well, like that? So the focus is if you're well and and that's where it can't be manipulative i'm going to care about others so that they care <clears> about me <throat> no what is it about other people that is worth caring about and and okay we could say what comes back to you is it reciprocated back to you give up on reciprocation even let it go because otherwise you're just alone and, yeah. and if you are really enjoying your own little solo pity party that much, then you're right. You don't need to be heard and nobody else needs to hear you. But then they go into the shame mode, right? And they're going, well, see, that's the whole thing. Then what do I do? Because they're stuck. They're stuck in that rut. So Well, clearly then they do want to connect because we know ultimately people are hardwired to connect with each other. No argument. And that's the point. But this is one thing that I've found has been helpful to them. I take the scientist approach. Because we have these five scientists and we covered this before. But for purposes of mm -hmm. the scientists, I say, look, it, let's do an experiment. Instead of saying I have to be interested in someone because it clearly can and it's hard to fake that. Go ahead and do some research. I want you to research what it would look like if you held a discussion with someone and asked them three questions about them without offering an opinion at all. No unsolicited opinions. So it's kind of like a three, 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 three times a day. 
have a three-minute discussion asking three questions and then measure at the end of the day how you feel talking to people. Now, measuring in that fashion is simply you're going to have to pay attention and be aware of how you feel because right now, in order for you to even be there, you feel miserable. We already know that. Right. So it's a three, three, three. Three times a day. This is for one week, by the way. Three times a day, three questions, three minutes. And each question is a layer of depth that you're allowing yourself to go and try to make them open-ended. And just after one week, ask yourself, do I enjoy talking to people more or less? Then you make the decision where you want to go. You're basically unlearning a habit of having to be heard and you're learning the habit of listening. And you're you're creating a practice that will nourish that natural curiosity that people really are interesting to listen to. And it is fun to be interested. In fact, it is satiation, satiating to be interested in others. And there's another measurement point. Yeah. So if you're the TED, mm-hmm. you'll find that, you know, it felt good. Mm-hmm. It's memorable. It tastes good. And then you can contrast it with what it was like when you were a teen. Did it taste good? No. Was it fulfilling? No. Did you feel like you had to get more of that? Yes. Because it's like drinking soda pop. You you know, when you run, you don't drink soda pop. Any athlete knows you don't drink soda pop because it's never satiable and it doesn't quench anything. So that's the same idea. Just measure that. Pay attention to it. So that'd be one, one way to overcome it. All right. So this really cool quote by Anonymous. So I really like Anonymous. Think before you speak, then say nothing. One of the more powerful things I've ever noticed is practicing just a nod or an okay. Now, there's a a caveat here. So I'll get a husband and wife in here where she's a ting, and he's not even a Ted. He's like, doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. So she'll ting on him all day long. And I've had it reversed, by the way. I actually have a client right now where he's the ting, and she just can't take it. It just drives her up a wall. She'll come in here and she'll literally grab her hair and go like this. He drives me nuts. I said, well, what does he do? Now, I'm using my words. He loops on me 45 minutes at a time saying the same thing over and over and over again. And so I said, well, what is it you do? I just listen. And, and when it's a phone call, I just hit him on mute and I go and do my stuff. I don't even say a word and he can go for 45 minutes. Then I just kind of come back to it and said, okay, I got to go now, dear. And that's it. And, and we should put this into the parking lot, but what do you do with the person who is a a chronic venter and you're the one that's having to listen to it? It could be a friend. It could be anybody because there's some techniques to help with that. We'll get to it. Yes. Okay. So let's, let's move on. So how, how do you move then? From being a ting mm-hmm. into being a TED, what are the steps that you're going to take? So we want to first discuss what the goal is. What's the why? Who are you becoming when you do this? Yeah, like when you walk into any conversation, what do you want to accomplish? Do you want people to like you better? Is That's that it. what? And I, and I think people have that mindset. Like they're still back in that 10-year-old self. I got to know if people like me or not. That's correct. That's because they never got it at age yeah, 14. So from 10 developmentally, to 14. you kind of need to recognize your own 10-year-old selves inside of you that are, are kind of stuck and get them out of that emotional moratorium in a sense that they've gone into Wonderful. and yeah. develop yourself out of that. Go back to that scientist or scientific mm-hmm. approach type thing. 
if you can be aware, and this is the tenet, basic tenet of emotional intelligence, if you can just be aware that you are playing the role of the 10-year-old seeking affirmation, affection, and approval from the world around you, then you have an awareness of who you are. Who are you telling yourself you are? There's your identity. Mm -hmm. If you're communicating with the identity that I have to have the three A's, your body's going to follow along. And it's almost, it, it is a self-fulfilling scenario because you're becoming a 10-year-old in a 36-year-old body or even older. So there's your start. Beware of who you are becoming. So here's the, here's my goal. And this goes back to the, um, what, two months leading up to me meeting you. The entire purpose of, um, Every conversation I have, every person I meet is to see if I can have emotional intimacy. Translated equals mutual trust and respect. Now, it needs to be understood that in order to be mutual, it has to be self first. When you seek three A's, when you're a ting, when you're going around tinging on everybody, there's no real self-respect in that story. They're not coming off. You're not coming off as one who has a boundary and who respects self. So it starts with doing that. Just be mindful of that. Num number two, when you're having that conversation with someone and the intent is just to find out if there's self, if there's trust and respect in the space, then your goal is not to be liked. Your goal is simply determine, and this is gonna sound really counterintuitive. Your goal is to determine if you trust and respect them. Imagine that. So that kind of um, just sparks the idea of the curiosity. Who are the people out in the world that you could find mutual and trust respect with? Does that just change a pair? You know, that's a paradigm changer for me when I'm going in a conversation, not not who's going to affirm me, but who can I trust? Yes, exactly. And right. not in a suspicious way, just no. learn of them. And, and, and there will be arguments. Um, oh, I get this all the time. But you know, it takes forever to determine if I trust somebody. And there's no research to support that. There's something called swift trust. Mm -hmm. And it, it can, can happen in It conversation. can happen in five to 10 minutes. Yeah. You're not gonna trust them with your bank account. You're not gonna trust them with your new car. You're gonna trust them sufficient to move to the next level of the relationship, which is another conversation. Mm -hmm. So whenever I chat with someone, even a new client coming in, I have to determine if I trust them enough to bring them on as a new client. If I meet somebody socially, I'm going to ask them questions in such a fashion to determine if I trust them enough to have another conversation that's open where I might share something about me. Now, look at the reverse. Most people are so, so um, driven to share something about themselves. Just the opposite. Before you share something with, about you to someone else, why cast your pearls before the swine? If the swine don't care about you, why are you sharing it? So let's do this. I know as we wrap this up, here's another, okay, we talked about three, 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 right? Three conversations mm -hmm. for three minutes asking three questions. All right. And then you've got to take that weekly or daily moment to just reflect back on it, write in your journal. Oh, How does that right. feel? Make that your observation notes of your science experiment. And so the second part of this one is, and this would be really a good takeaway. Try for the next 24 hours only, not to offer a single opinion unless you're asked. See how long you can go without offering an opinion. But here's About what 24 hours, no unsolicited, no unsolicited opinions. opinions. Now it's really difficult to do. So when you when you do offer that opinion, just do a reboot, 
And what I'm going to ask you to do is to count how many times people actually ask you a question and want your opinion. Just go ahead and measure that. Now, this is what you'll probably find. So I'm just giving you a heads up since you're not going to come back in the office and I'm not going to have a chance to ask you. I've never had anybody come to my office in the many, many years that I've done that and say, yeah, somebody asked me my opinion. It's 100% so far, unless, of course, that's what you do for a living, that they will say, you know, Dr. Himmer, nobody asked me my opinion. I actually had one young man, young man trace this for three weeks. He said, in three weeks' time, not a single person asked me my opinion. And he was in sales. So what I'm suggesting to you is, again, let's take this from a scientific standpoint. If you want to start having deeper, more meaningful relationships, and we're going to pick this up in the next time, where we're going to introduce what's called the you and me pyramid. But let's just be mindful. Can you take this from a scientific experiment standpoint? Find out if your conversations are satiable, and then find out if somebody wants to hear your voice. Those will be ahas. And then you can have an awareness of maybe a better way to connect. So because we're out of time, Sherry, let's let's do a takeaway, a little bit of a takeaway and then remind everybody what they're going to try to do. Well, I think we've come to that awareness that um, those conversations where maybe we've been just launching out our opinions more is, has more pushback. So we're going to try the unsolicited opinion approach and we're going to try the three, 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 three conversations with three minutes and um see what we can do to nourish our own curiosity about our natural curiosity about people versus inserting ourselves. So that covers it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, in our next discussion, our next podcast, we're actually going to break out tenting a little bit further and introduce the you and me pyramid. So remember these tools that you're hearing are for you to practice. Now they've worked They're They're time tested. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any comments, please go to Society Bites Radio or Sprecher and, and make those there. And if you need to contact us, you can get a hold of us at drhdrh at immercenter.com. Remember, all resources are within you. Challenges that come your way, such as not connecting in a conversation, are perfect. They're exactly what you need at the time to learn. There might be a different way. Don't try to get where you're going doing the same thing and trying harder. Do it differently. So we'll talk to you in the next podcast. Thanks. Doubt is a broken record that plays inside my head. I try to turn it down, but I can't quite drown it out. I'm tortured every day. These never-ending worries falling on my sleeve. So many times now I was The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, -face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. 
Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.